podcast thing, Play Nobody, uh, Sunday recap edition. Let's go hurry, hurry, hurry. Um, it was Survival Saturday for everybody except Alabama, and then it was just usually um, beat you in the face and laugh at you Saturday for Alabama. We'll work on shortening yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know what the acronym for that is right offhand, but... Um, D-Y-I-D-B-I-T-F-A-P, Roll Tide. Okay. All right, let's start at 25. You ready? Yep. All right, new uh, new S and P Plus is up. Um, you can check it out this week at Football Study Hall and all that good fun stuff. Football outside. And I already got my screw up out of the way, so it should be good now. Number twenty five, we get we get to skip right away, Bill. Yeah, that's true. Uh, NC State because they lost to Clemson, who's up up north in the rankings. We'll talk about them in a second. Number twenty four, West Virginia. We need to talk about the Mountaineer defense. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, but the offense too. Yeah, but I, I, I guess, yeah, absolutely, totally. This was a team that um, um, uh, publicly was kind of talked about as a hot seat team this year, but privately was was a lot of really, really smart people in a lot of really important circles had pegged Dana Holgerson to be done with West Virginia this year. Uh, this is now the most unexpected result I've seen um, at the halfway part of the season. Um, they're really good. They're they're really good. And, like, I know it's Texas Tech, but – to dismantle the, the offense in Lubbock, to be this consistent on on the offense of themselves, I'm I'm impressed. I'm, we all need to start paying attention to West Virginia. Yeah, and and obviously, I mean they, you know, they barely beat a, a, a decent but not, not amazing Kansas State team. They you know beat Missouri by 15. Like they the you know they until yesterday I was still kind of hesitant about West Virginia and so were the numbers obviously um, because I just wasn't really sure but I thought Texas Tech would handle them yesterday I, I like Texas Tech's offense enough uh, that uh, I, I assumed it would do the job and, and West Virginia crushed them so yeah that's worth and, and I mean they, it could have been even worse that touchdown Tech scored earlier in the game um, you know to keep it close for a while it was like on a third and 29 it was like a little mini Hail Mary that probably doesn't work as often as not so um I mean, they, they really put Texas Tech in a negative spot early on and kept them there. Um, it's going to be a fun team to watch. It's always nice to have something completely unexpected. So um, I have no problem uh, saying I was totally wrong. I mean, I just went off of what I heard, and it, I had assumed that maybe some of the some of the talent development had been a little thin over there in Morgantown. But um, it's we'll put a peg on it for later this week. But it's be interesting to revisit some narratives about West Virginia and the Big 12 at large. Let's move on. Um, I'm sorry, I'm slow coming out of the blocks. Number 23, USC. They went to a really, really hot Arizona, and they beat them really, really badly. Arizona is not good this year, but USC has calmed uh, at least crisis mode for now. Yeah, I mean, when the schedule eases up, it's funny how that kind of helps you out sometimes. Uh, but they have uh, they have looked the part. They've, you know, like I say every single week now, this is why they're so frustrating because we know they can look like this. They look, I mean, they destroyed Arizona State. They destroyed Arizona. Um, they they survived what is clearly a good Colorado team, and it was closer than it should have been because turnovers were the only reason Colorado kept it that close. Uh, that's three straight tremendous results for them, and. Um, you know, you know, looking back at the, you know, even they lost a toss up at Utah that really wasn't it was kind of an excusable result, too. And so, I mean, that's four straight decent to awesome games. And now they got California and Oregon at home uh, before Washington comes to town in mid-November. So suddenly, you know, we were kind of not necessarily thinking Washington's slate was all that rough. They got to go at USC. That might actually be really, really, really rough. Juju Smith-Schuster had three touchdowns on nine receptions over 100 yards. He is keeping the fine uh, historic lineage of 
really, really good skill position player on other on like even a mediocre USC team. Like that's that's a tradition now that's just kept alive. It's insane where the floor for talent is in that program, which is why people yeah. talk about them too much. Number twenty two is a program that doesn't usually have that problem, but they're still undefeated. That's Boise State. Yep. Yesterday was not amazing by any means, but they did survive. Um, and here's a, also, uh, not that this has anything specific to do with this game, but uh, I should mention this was, you, you see a lot of movement this week in S&P Plus because, um, well, number one, I hate your team. But number two, um, they, they, mostly, mo- the projections are mostly out of the, of the rankings now. It is almost all based on 2016. I, normally, I would have completely phased it out after seven weeks, but I actually, I, I'm kind of making an executive decision here and keeping a little bit in because SAP has been dialed the hell in these last few weeks in terms of the absolute error, the, the, the margin there that, uh, each ga- that it misses each game, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to make any drastic change. So I'm, I'm playing it conservative here, and I'm, I'm keeping it a little bit more in. Uh, but no, after the first quarter, uh, Colorado State was able to, you know, I think they got an early field goal. They were able to generate some uh, some decent play early on. Second and third quarter, Boise just completely dominated and, and took over the game. We want to talk a lot about that BYU game coming up this week on the extended yeah. edition, just because uh, BYU beat Mississippi State, and um, they have, they're like, what, five points total away from being undefeated in one of the best non-conference schedules I've ever yeah. seen. We'll talk about that this week. Two Number straight years where they just, every single game is amazing to watch. Yeah, uh, and that's what I'm expecting this week. Uh, hey, I was right. I just didn't get to see any of this, so you can tell me. Um, number 21, Nebraska had a super weird game that was tougher than people <laughs> expected in Bloomington. They beat uh, Indiana 27-22. to 22. Um, All I can do is read the stat lines on this because I was uh, engaged otherwise in Knoxville, Tennessee. But Tommy Armstrong, a Nebraska workman like 10 of 26 for 208 and one touchdown. But you know what? Doesn't matter. They, they survived basketball country. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's and, and power to them for that. They Indiana's offense isn't great, but they um, they rendered Indiana's offense very very inefficient. So they should be. It was a good. Um, it was a, a good defensive effort there, um, and and so power to them for that. They got this, there was a little luck involved here, both in the the weird deflected early reception. I don't know if you caught that on any of the highlight shows, um, and then they had a oh, big I long touchdown. You didn't say anything. I'm a little miffed, and I think some podcasts ain't played nobody listeners are miffed as well because I think you were otherwise engrossed in the Missouri-Florida game. I saw what looked distinctly to be like the, uh, the deflection from the old Nebraska-Missouri game. Oh, there were no feet, and it was, there was no intention, so let's not go there. Let's not go there. I thought, there um, was a, I thought, he, I thought it bounced off his foot. I don't know. I saw the gif. Well, there was – okay, let's, sorry. There, there was no intentional deflection. Uh, there was an intentional deflection in 1997, but anyway, um, but there was, there was that. And then the big long touchdown they had in the second half, um, to to Stanley Morgan jr. Because, uh, Stanley Morgan's back in our lives here, uh, for those who, uh, for those of us who grew up in the eighties, um, you know, two Indiana defenders run into each other. It probably would have been a big gain anyway, but anyway, they got by and they survived a a tough test that S and P didn't actually think they would. So, uh, they are still undefeated and that's good. Number 20, Penn State, was on a bye. They've got a really interesting game this week against Ohio State. Uh, we'll talk about that later this week. Hey, guess what, Bill? <laughs> Number 19, Colorado, is actually good at football, and they are our favorite team. Um, they beat the crap out of uh, Arizona State, 40-16. to 16. Uh, I, Man, how much praise can I heap? <laughs> 
Yeah. I, um, they're fun to watch. I like their offense. I hope they tear through the Pac-12 South. Yeah, so uh, success rate in this game, Colorado 49%, Arizona State 16%. Rushing success rate, Colorado 53%, Arizona State 5%. Um, they just they trucked what was supposed to still be a pretty good Arizona State offense and, uh, you know, a, a good running game. Kalen Ballage has, you know, 100 touchdowns or whatever. Um, you know, they, he and Demario Richard had 17 carries for 73 yards. Philip Lindsay, meanwhile, had 26 for 219. This was... Uh, this was a beat down. This was a massive, massive uh, just destruction by Colorado and, and probably the most overall impressive game they've had so far. Number 18, pick your narrative. The Houston Cougars either survived a Tulsa team that was surprisingly deep because they are well coached and they're building a great program in Tulsa, or the Houston shine is completely wore off and it <laughs> took them coming down to the final play, which was stopped at like what, the half yard line or whatever? That at, at most, the half, yeah. Um, Maybe both are true. Maybe both are false. But um, I think Tulsa is a better football team than we realize. Nobody is going to embrace the fact that there may be some good teams in the AAC that challenge Houston. If I think so, probably option B is going to be the national elective here that the Houston shine is worn off. I don't think that's true. No, and I mean this is this was a Tulsa game. We we talked about this earlier in the week. Like they they're going to score in the thirties, and you're going to score in the thirties, and they're going to create this chaotic atmosphere, and and you better learn how to survive it. Um, from a stat standpoint, it should have been an easier win for Houston. Tulsa managed to um, well the field position helped Tulsa a lot, but they didn't. They screwed up uh, on finishing some drives, obviously, including that last one. And then they gave Houston the fumble return touchdown. This, you know, those factors should have made this probably a, a double digit win for Houston. But they just, I mean, Tulsa rebounded really, really well. Uh, they were efficient on, in the passing game at the very least. Uh, they, you know, both team, neither teams was really able to rely on big plays, and it didn't matter. They just both kept moving the ball relatively well. So, um, and and once again, this was a game where they needed absolutely everything they could get out. Greg Ward to survive, and they got it. We got to go fast. We got a lot of teams that played other teams or didn't play other teams in the top twenty-five. Uh, number seventeen. <laughs> I had some buys too, though. Uh, number seventeen, Miami. They lost to North Carolina. I think North Carolina is in your thirties, thirty-fourth. Um, uh, it rained a lot, and it was not ideal conditions. So maybe there's some outlier instance here. But uh, both Miami and our next team. Let's go ahead and pair them together. Our next team, Virginia Tech, at sixteen. They both take bad losses going into their Thursday night game. Virginia Tech takes a worse loss um, to a Syracuse team that's going to be like really fun to watch in 2017. Yeah, I expected a little more fun out of Syracuse this year than we've than we've had so far, but that was pretty impressive what they did. And yeah, both of these teams, I, I think they both benefit here by they're still in the teens mainly because um, despite this performance, what overall in 2016 they've been pretty good, and so phasing out the projections which weren't very kind to them and adding in more 2016 still bumped them or kept them in the teens even though neither looked very good um and yeah Syracuse that was by the way Syracuse it was kind of a tightening the noose situation there like their success rate per quarter was 37 42 and then in the fourth quarter 55 they just kept getting better uh, against the Virginia Tech defense and that's not the way that's supposed to work Carrier Dome going to be nasty here soon. Not going to be a fun place to go. Hey, speaking of lackluster, there's Florida State. They survived Wake Forest. Uh, they come in at number 15. You can argue about that if you want. But, they, hey, man, they won a dang football game. Yeah, I, Wake, Wake Forest has a good defense, and they um, obviously he struggled against that defense. But they, they stayed efficient. And they really, I mean, the big thing with Florida State, is they never gave Wake any sort of offensive hope. Uh, I mean, Wake did end up scoring, uh, creating four scoring chances. 
so technically, if you finish all those in the end zone, you're in good shape. But they just, I mean, they were inefficient. They didn't have any big plays. Um, they, Florida State controlled the game, even if, even if they never really ended up putting the points on the board. Hey, young quarterbacks are still young quarterbacks. We're going to talk yeah. about that with one of the top teams at the top of the rankings. Uh, but DeAndre Francois is still a work in progress. He shows flashes. He showed flashes in Labor Day against Ole Miss. He's still a work in progress, and that's okay. That's totally okay. We tend to want to margin. We tend to want to say instant success, superstar in the making, without understanding there's a development process built into all of these guys. Um, hey, guess what? Guess who we're still talking about at number thirteen? <laughs> oh, hey, four. Oh, damn it, it's Baylor. Um, there's Baylor. They won forty-nine to seven. They beat the crap out of a bad Kansas team. You just want to leave it yep. at that and move on. I don't think you're getting your chicken. Uh, I don't think I'm getting my damn chicken. I, I think I'm. I think I'm paying for some damn chicken. Uh, number thirteen, Wisconsin. We'll get to them in a second. Yep. Uh, number 12, Oklahoma. Um, again, this is probably one that I was kind of in the dark on, other than every time I checked the box score while I was in Knoxville and in the press box, looked up. Um, when you're in an SEC press box, they, they almost, I think, is a, like a rule of law, keep it on SEC games. So I didn't get to see much of this. Every time I looked up, it was exactly what I expected. Is that is that an insult? But, I mean, Baker Mayfield throws for over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, right. Man, you know. uh, you Oklahoma's know, because, usually one of those teams that just out-talents Kansas State the way that you think you're supposed to. Well, Yeah, but, I mean, Oklahoma, because of the Houston and Ohio State losses, we've completely written them off. This is an incredible offense that they've got. Um, defense, def- I mean, defense looked pretty good. With uh, Kansas State is, has an efficient offense at the very least, even if it doesn't have a ton of big plays. And they, they rendered you know Kansas State mostly inefficient, so that was good. But um, this offense is really, really good. And I I hate, you know, it's no fun to talk about how good Joe Mixon is, um, you know, because of exterior circumstances and whatnot. But he's he's really good and um, a nice dual threat. I mean, he had three catches for 34 and 19 carries for 88. uh, And and D.D. Westbrook these last, I guess, three games now has been absurd. Oh, hey, Arkansas, is it number 45, Bill? That's interesting. I see yeah. what's even more interesting. By the way, we're skipping uh, Texas A&M at number 11. Hey, guess what? We're probably going to talk about that Alabama game this week, but we won't right now. Uh, number 10, Ole Miss. Boy, you need to them Obviously a brutal run, but at the same time, I got to listen to part of this on the radio as I was headed back to Knoxville. When you're averaging, when you're an offense at home, averaging, I think at one point it was six and a half yards on first down. Um, and you're mainly doing it on the ground, you're going to win the football game. I was actually shocked that they won the football game by a smaller margin as they did. They committed a turnover late that allowed Ole Miss to come back in because they are talented and explosive, if not woefully inconsistent. Um, This was almost exactly what I expected from both teams, with Arkansas getting the edge, I think, one, because they were at home, and two, because they committed less turnovers. It was pretty yeah, defense really Ole Miss defense really honed in. Um, you know, in the end, the you know, the in game win expectancy thing that I put up, um, Arkansas had a thirty percent chance in this game. Like the um, Ole Miss finished its scoring opportunities much, much, much better. Averaged more yards per play. Ended up ended up pretty close uh, in terms of efficiency, simply because Arkansas was crazy efficient out of the gates and then faded each quarter. And Ole Miss. Um, well, was able to keep up at least. So this was this was a weird game, but in the end, Arkansas was just yeah more consistent. And Ole Miss is still kind of crazy inconsistent from play to play and and drive to drive. Um, but I I mean the big thing I took away from this game is I want these teams to play like three times a year, just once a month during the season, uh, just for my own benefit because they're so much fun to watch. Sure, the state of Arkansas would agree with you. Number nine, tell me about Florida and tell me about what they did to Missouri. <laughs> 
um, not pleasant things. Um, yeah, the, Florida, Florida is, you know, it's, me, it's hard show to... Me where Florida, show me where Florida beat you. Show me the bruises. <laughs> um, that would be pass defense, which is kind of what I knew going in. I think I said that last week. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't really know how Missouri was going to move the ball. And the answer ended up being in garbage time on the ground. Um, but... Like when the game was in doubt, you know, Missouri started with six three and outs in a row. Uh, Drew Locke apparently does not like throwing a wet football because uh, he was throwing some crazy erratic passes. But Florida also he was throwing those passes toward mostly well covered receivers, and 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 Florida just it's boring to talk about Florida. They you know breaking news they're really good at defense, they're good at special teams, they're they're okay at best at offense, and uh, that's still going to win you probably every game uh, remaining on the schedule until those last two weeks. Okay, speaking up, we'll jump. Um, we'll jump past Auburn, and by the way, Auburn at number eight. Is there anything you want to speak on real fast? Their their defense is good. Their offense is is gaining ground. They're a good team. Cool. Get excited, Auburn. Uh, <laughs> number seven, uh, LSU. Yeah. Did what they were supposed to in the second half, and did it in the way in which they were supposed to. Not even really interested in that when you talk about talent differential at home against Southern Miss, an overachieving, fun, like you can attach some sentiment to this team. There's a high rootability factor for for Jay Hobson and that program. Yeah. More curious about the first half because that kind of anemic showing, even in a microcosm, even in a game that you won at home by 35 points, is the kind of scrutiny that people who don't want Ed Ogeron to have that job are going to apply. I listened to this game on the radio. I got it in kind of t- towards the end of the second quarter. Um, so I'm going to go back and look because I'm also working on another LSU story for Alabama week. He really can't afford a bad quarter. I know that's insane <laughs> to say, especially against Southern Miss. And they had two of them, which is why apparently he like completely went old school Ogeron at the half and, and did the whole hollering speech thing. Yeah, they just... Um... They they just kind of made some mistakes. I mean, it was they were efficient enough. Um, you know, they they were mostly fine. But number one, the game was moving very slowly. Both teams only had I think four possessions in the first half, or five if you include Southern Miss's last possession that were, where it ended up being halftime. Um, and so, number one, that doesn't give you any uh, kind of room for any sort of error. They only failed twice offensively. You know, they had they went three and out to start the game or in their first possession. Um, after a very long Southern Miss touchdown drive that was kind of unsustainable. But after, after that, after that, those first two possessions, uh, LSU scored on, let's see, two, four, six, seven of their final ten possessions. Southern Miss scored on one of its final possessions after that. It was pretty much the game we expected. It was just Southern Miss was able to just kind of hog the ball in the first quarter and prevent LSU from really getting going for a little while. And then, then they did, and everything was fine. It is weird that Ogeron is in this bubble where he's being viewed as his ability to like lay hands on an offense, but that's where we're at. It's funny because yeah. the first two drives of the second half, the game's completely over. LSU yeah. comes out, Southern doesn't fit one gap, it's a touchdown, done. And then they turn around, they turn the ball over in their territory. LSU can run the ball well enough to get down. And I, yeah, I think he ran it in for score on that one too. Game over, done. Yeah. At that point, 24 to 10. It's just that the expectation level at LSU right now is, is – we need to see that by the end of the first quarter. I know that's insane to say, but that's that's the vacuum in which that guy's operating. Um, number six, Washington. They're good. Um, they're good. They're going to have Oregon State this week, so they're going to get gooder. Number five, Louisville. Um, survival Saturday. To, uh, yeah, kind of similar to the Houston thing in Survival Saturday of like, well, Duke's a good football team, and they were sloppy at times, but it's a win. 
Yeah, they just couldn't really. Duke was just uh, you know crafty old Duke. They they're not very good, uh, but they were able to frustrate Louisville. They were able to make a few stops. They're actually, you know, we think of or I think of Duke as like a bendo break kind of offense and defense. And offensively, they were definitely that. Just do the bare minimum, move the chains, play yeah. keep away a little bit. But they're pretty aggressive at times on on defense. They were able to get stops that not a lot of teams have against Louisville. It was just that. They just didn't have enough. Louisville, in the end, number one, they benefited from a humongous roughing the kicker call late in the in the fourth quarter, which I think, uh, you know, people seem to disagree with it. I think they were just rooting for an upset because I think it was probably a pretty good call. Um, but, I mean, again, this was just about, this was the college football reminding you that it's going to change the script on you at random times. And the fact that Louisville survived and Houston survived, and as we're about to talk about, Clemson survived, um, that's Ohio State. That's that was enough. Um, they didn't look great, the way, but they, people, they they won. People who first off, people who don't want to see Lamar Jackson succeed, you're probably inherently evil. That, <laughs> the kid still finished with over 300 total yards. It's just you know, by his own standards, pedestrian. But I don't. I mean, if you had a quarterback who could give you 13 to 26 for 181 and a touchdown, and then run the ball for almost 150 yards and another score, I think you'd take it every time. Um, yeah, like let's put it this way. This was a close game till the end, but the win expectancy that I have for my game stats, uh, 97% Louisville. Like this is, they yeah. control the game. Uh, it, it got weird at the end and Duke almost, you know, with that long touchdown drive, almost figured out a way to get a chance to get the ball late with the chance to win. But Louisville was still the better team. Louisville on an off week on a weeknight game is like, it's the fourth best fireworks show you've ever seen, but it's still a fireworks show. You know, it's just <laughs> the fourth best one. Um, so speaking of number four, um, terrible transition, Steven Clemson, yep, survived, uh, saw the end of that. This is a game you and I were talking about before we went onto the air. Um, I saw the end of this, picked it up right as pretty much everyone else in the, in the country did because it was very kind of lazy upset watch. And then you come in right, probably the two drives, the missed field goal, and then into overtime. It's a game you could definitely join. Um, you could sim through and play the end out. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Was this just yeah. a Saturday of like, if you if you if you had more talent, you one came in lazy, and two just used that talent to lean in the very end because that seems to be the theme of the day. I mean, that, that's certainly how it played out. But I mean, Clemson also, I mean, they leaned on that talent, and NC State still had a very 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 makeable game winning field goal at the end of regulation. So they they lucked out here. Um, from a stat perspective, they, they they were the better team, but they still put NC State in position where NC State had like a thirty something yard field goal from straight on uh, to win the game at the buzzer, and and they had to basically pray for pray for wind to push it to the right, or, or you know really just kind of a tentative kick. Um, but again, they survived. They did not look like the number th- whatever four team in the country. Um, and they've only really looked like that team two or three times this year, um, but they keep surviving, and that's uh, you know technically enough. Makes you makes you very curious about Clemson down the stretch because there's a lot more to come in terms of them being challenged in the ACC. Oh, by the way, we got a shout out. I mean, we talked about NC State, and we were in pretty stark terms <laughs> on the show, and and wow, all of a sudden, NC State, uh, Bravo, Wolfpack. By the way, Dave George job is fine. He's going to yep. be there for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Number three, Ohio State, um, survive Wisconsin or beat Wisconsin? Oh, they survived. I mean, Wisconsin could suddenly run the ball. Um, you know, they gave up some big passing downs completions to Hornybrook. Um, the, you know, Wisconsin looked very good. They they were able to frustrate Ohio State offensively. They were able to, slow, like we probably expected, they slowed down uh, Ohio State defensively. 
Um, they looked like a top 15 team and Ohio state survived it. And, you know, as you know, what you will turn that into from a narrative perspective is we learn things, you know, you, you don't learn things about yourself until you're challenged and, and it's true. Um, but yeah, with, uh, Wisconsin, whoo, Wisconsin almost won that game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Wisconsin. By the way, they're at number 13. We skipped through them. Uh, they're good. Yep. They're defi- obviously definitively high tier second, high level second tier for the conference. Um, they have the chance to win out now. Yeah, I mean, I feel um, like- it is going to be tricky. I mean, when we were talking in the preseason about the Big Ten, um, I, I think I what I basically had lined up was I thought Iowa and Minnesota could play a role, and they still could. Uh, but it was basically that Nebraska and Wisconsin were probably the two the two best of the two teams. And Wisconsin schedule was probably going to cost them the division, and now here they are looking awesome, and they're two spots behind or two losses behind Nebraska in the win column. So they need to win at Iowa next week, and they need to beat Nebraska, and then they have to hope Nebraska loses to somebody else too. And I mean, Nebraska plays at Ohio State, so you know <laughs> it could be fine. Everything could be just fine, but uh, they are playing from behind now. When I said win out, I'm sorry. I should have mentioned Nebraska in that context, and that it, this is now very. Uh, you know, congrats, Iowa. You beat Purdue, and you looked really good doing it for, like, three quarters. Um, yeah, they fell asleep this, at the end, but, yeah, they This is fine. Wisconsin, and this is Nebraska. I think either one of those teams does win out, and Wisconsin certainly goes into Nebraska the better-tested team. You could say that empirically. Um, I don't know if they'll – that game is – oh, that game's in Madison, so. Ooh, jazzy. Mm. We're a little right. late. We're a little late this week. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll scoot through. By the way, yeah, Ohio State, I think they're definitely the number two team in the country. Hey, guess what? The number one team in the country, who's the number two, teams in your ra- number two team in your rankings, I watched them murder somebody. <laughs> murder somebody. I, I was telling you this before the show. Like, the fact that Jalen Hurts makes obvious freshman mistakes and doesn't handle like pass pressure well and clearly does some things wrong and that Alabama is this bloody good is mortifying. Just absolutely terrifying. Is it fair to say that there that sometimes teams escape being corralled by math and by statistics because the defensive ter- the, this whole defensive touchdown streak and the number I mean it's eleven non offensive touchdowns now, which going into the evening Stanford had eleven touchdowns on offense. Right. Um, is the, is that something that just escapes understanding and reason? Because the team that I watched was. It almost it was like being so good at a, a a video game or some sort of one-on-one competition with someone where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna put one hand down today, and I'm just <laughs> gonna use one hand on the controller because they didn't. And I wrote about this at SB Nation. They finally decided to air out the football, which I think they could have done a lot earlier in the game. About midway through the third quarter, when Tennessee kicked a field goal to cut it to 28-10, they came out and then Jalen Hurts started started throwing into man coverage. And, and hitting dimes. And this was after a football game in which they ran fly sweep, they, went, they ran jet sweep. It was little counter toss, little, like all these, you know, kind of zone read, a little like wildcat flavored thing that Kiff and I just assume picked out as one thing that he could have done amongst many others to embarrass and, and hurt Tennessee. And that's what it was. Yeah, I can't give I mean, much more analysis on this game other than that I feel like if they had to go out there this afternoon, Bill, and Lane had to run a completely different offense, because Tennessee is very, very banged up, yes, but because Alabama is Alabama and so complete, they could have run a completely different offense because they have the luxury 
of all of these other things going their way and all of the defensive cues hitting. They open field tackle well. I hate talking this much about how good they are. Bill, they're that good. They're the best team in the country. Yeah, Lane Kiffin at his best is basically like telling the person next to him, hey, watch this. Uh, I'm going to like I'm going to I'm going to run like six straight run plays to the right and it, every single one of them is going to work and then we're going to run a reverse to the left for a touchdown. Um bang 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 touchdown. Uh yeah, the the run game. I, th- that's the thing, the passing game like he he caught fire after a while before the for the game. I mean, um he took a couple sacks, threw a pick, had 143 yards in 26 attempts. That's not very good. Uh he's like I said, he struggles at times and when Tennessee was able to get pressure on him, he really struggled. Uh, oh, and instead, so Alabama rushed, let's see, Damian Harris, 14 for 94, B.J. Emmons, 9 for 38, Josh Jacobs, 6 for 38, Bo Scarborough, 5 for 109, and then, oh, yeah, they have a quarterback who can run the ball 10 times for 151 yards. Like, that's that's unfair. Yeah. They they were untouchable on the ground, and I understand Tennessee's banged up, um, but Tennessee's first stringers weren't going to do that much better than that. Bo Scarborough is an, is an inarguable number one running back for any other team, and he was the second leading rusher yesterday because a team that's so talented that they could run any variation of pro set that they wanted decided to go up-tempo zone read, and therefore a quarterback outgained him. It's that insulting at this point. I don't know I, I don't know what to say. I stand in awe, and I fear the boredom that, my, that, that Alabama dominance creates. Yeah, uh, so there are two though, things. There are two reasons why they're number two instead of number one. Number uh, one is Michigan. Number one, by the way, is obviously Michigan. They're on a bye this yeah. week. That's why we kind of lingered uh, on Bama. So uh, number one, Michigan. If you check out the Football Outsiders rankings themselves, you see that uh, the adjusted points per game total for de- for Michigan, the way they've been playing defense right now, is they're allowing zero point nine adjusted points per game. Um, hard to beat that. Hard to sustain that. By the way, I mean that you know they'll probably that will probably regress a little bit. Uh, but their defense has just been untouchable so far this year, and, and that's why they're number one. That and Alabama didn't start the year very well offensively. Their defense has obviously been just fine. Um, their defense had that one shaky game against, well, a couple shaky games really against Ole Miss and Arkansas, uh, but the offense is really, really rounded into form now. They're 10th in offense, and that's unfair. All right, we ran late this week. We'll try and do better. Um, Bill, you want to do this again midweek? We'll talk about all these fun things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to have a little more energy then, too. We're, we're, we sound tired today. We are tired. It's a halfway point. Everyone survived Saturday. Sorry, Tennessee.